All right, welcome to Let's Talk Football. Football talk brought to you by diehard football fans like yourselves. With your host, Joe C., I am Sam Burton, and we are here to talk about the latest and greatest in the football world. All right, let's talk football, guys, on this Tuesday, March 24th. Hey, Joe, it's Sam. I'm Sam. We're back here with a review, uh, continuing the free agency recap. Today, we're going to do the NFC North. Uh, and with the NFC North, we're going to start. Um, typically, Joe and I like to go off of the records that they had from last year to kind of base off of who we're going to talk about first. The winners of the division for the NFC North and the runner-up to representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, the Green Bay Packers, are a team that, you know, I, I'm sure you know, Joe, they rarely make a whole ton of moves in free agency, typically uh, re-sign our guys and build through the draft kind of team. Yeah, they've been lucky to have great quarterback play for the past two decades, and that pretty much enables them to do that. Yeah, you, you know, know, you don't have to risk sign, signing any high price free agents or, or anything. So, yeah, I think the offseason for Packer fans are generally kind of dull. Well, at least until draft season, for sure. Um, you know, some teams, it just seems like, are always stacked at one position throughout their whole career and, or throughout their whole history as a franchise. And for Green Bay, that's got to be quarterback. I mean, what other team has you know, greats in their back in their history, uh, like Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's, you know, not too many teams. Uh, the Colts were on their way if Andrew Luck hadn't retired. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're talking Johnny Unitas, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. That would have been a pretty nice trio. Yeah. Still is. I mean, Andrew Luck still, I, I you know, I thought highly of him. He was a great quarterback. If they could have put a line in front of him, you know, and – not gotten them killed, he might still be playing today. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just, it's sad to see injuries derail somebody's career like that. Of course, Andrew Luck had to make the, uh, you know, proper decision for his health and his future to step away from the game of football. But it definitely hurts to see somebody that was a number one overall pick, had the, the hype that he had coming into it, and really took that step in the next level at the NFL uh, and took the Colts to some to some playoff games and really looked like he was going to be uh, locked down uh, locked down that franchise for 10, 15 years. It just didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, what do you have? He had 38 touchdown passes his last season, I think. Um, he had a, yeah. I, that, I don't know yeah. how many exactly, but he had, you know, I thought he had a good season and he definitely still could have played. So, you know, he, I think for, you know, his own health, it's you got to look at it as going out on a high note. He went out knowing he can still play and play at a high level. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's probably as healthy as he can be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's still for how short of a career was, he did well. Um, you know, I mean, unless he comes out of retirement and, you know, plays for somebody, you know, watch the Patriots are going to sign him out of retirement or something crazy like that now that we've said it. <laughs> but, you know, well, the Colts own his rights, so I'm pretty sure they'd have to make yeah. a trade. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But anyway, back to the Packers. We're going to talk about what they did. Um, there, there aren't many moves here. They only have three signings. Uh, they two, and well, really only one of which was to replace a guy who did leave. 
they lost Blake Martinez to the Giants, uh, their middle linebacker. Uh, they're looking to replace him with Christian Kirksey on a two-year, $16 million deal. Um, you know, it, it's – it's a good it's a good spot. It could potentially replace Blake Martinez's um, uh, his production, uh, maybe a little less in the run game, a little more in the pass game. Uh, but you know, two years, sixteen million dollar deal. I think that that's pretty good, bro. You know, it, it's not really um, you know if something if if he turns out to be a bad signing, they're not a whole they're not stuck with a whole ton of dead money or a bad contract or anything like that. I think that that's a solid deal. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Solid pickup for them. Yeah. Uh, they signed three guys. Uh, they signed Rick Wagner, I think, to po- replace Brian Bulaga, who they lost in free agency. Yeah. Uh, that's probably a downgrade, to be honest. But team-friendly deal, uh, and they still get to keep uh, starting uh, a starting tackle opposite to, uh, Bakhtiari. So that's, that's, you know, for a right tackle, that's not a terrible spot. Um, at least they do have some continuity uh, with a starting veteran tackle, but offensive line is definitely something that I think that they're going to look to address again in the draft. Uh, the only other signing that they had, bro, is they uh, brought back Mercedes Lewis, uh, tight end for one year, 2.25. Um, I think that that's, that's pretty obvious. That's a stopgap kind of option and definitely something that they should also draft albeit this is a very weak uh, draft class at tight end. You think there's a chance they go wide receiver in the first round? I don't see why they wouldn't. You know, it, it, it was very blatant that they needed somebody else for Aaron Rodgers to throw to. Devontae Adams in the playoffs against the, against the Niners, he was the only option that Rodgers trusted. And you can tell uh, even Jimmy Graham, who they lost um, – it was was not receiving the kind of production. Uh, wasn't wasn't receiving the same volume of targets that he did uh, when he was a little younger. Uh, definitely had lost a step. Uh, and just the guys that Aaron Rodgers used to turn into household names like Geronimo Allison, James Jones, um, Randall Cobb. You know they're they're not. They, it's not enough anymore. You need a stud opposite Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers to have a, you know, decent twilight to his career. Yeah, it's, 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 it's almost looking like a, you know, sort of like a similar situation to Tom Brady where, you know, you're just not giving him any weapons and you're expecting him to get it done. Yeah. I, I mean, I trust Aaron Rodgers to be able to do that a little more than Tom Brady, just because of the mobility and how lethal Aaron Rodgers has been throughout his entire career outside the pocket, be able to stretch plays in a way that Brady can't. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Uh, wide receiver tight end are huge, uh, huge options for them in the draft. And I think that they'll have to do something in both p- positions to uh, shore up that green Bay offense. Um, people I like for them would be a LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado, big body receiver, somebody that can play on the outside opposite Devontae Adams, uh, tight end. Like I said, it's probably a really weak class, but, um, Adam Troutman out of Dayton might be a good look for them. Um, you know, that that's when we get into pretty wild speculation. There there's the tight end class is very shallow. There isn't a stud 
Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, Hayden Hurst, first round Noah Fant prospect out there that we've seen, you know, recently throughout the past few years. We've had quite a few good tight end classes. This is not one of them. Well, I think that brings us to the Bears. And uh, what are they doing over there in Chicago? Five years, $70 million to Robert Quinn? Yeah, I, well, I, I think I should defer to you on that one, Joe. You uh, spending a lot of time ro- watching Robert Quinn when he was Dolphin. Uh, do you think that's a good deal? Because that's a lot of money. I mean, it, he, he wasn't good with Miami at all. Um, but he did kind of have a little resurgence last year with Dallas. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that he's going to, he's going to provide an upgrade, a, a good pass rush in Chicago, you know, on the opposite side of Khalil Mack, it, it's, it's, it's good. It helps him, but you know, the money, the, the length of the contract, he's 29 years old. Um, you know, he's had back problems in the past, so it's, it's, you know, they think they're close and I think it's, you know, I don't know this, does that make them feel like it's going to put that defense over the edge. I, I think it makes the defense tougher, but to me, it's too risky guy with back problems. You just, you know, at that age, it's just too risky to sign him to that long of a contract. You know, it was kind of a contract year for him last year, yeah. 11 and a half sacks. Yeah. What happened the year before that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you make up a good point, putting him next to Khalil Mack. And, you know, that is absolutely going to help his production. You know, last year, his career year, like you were saying, he's playing opposite to Marcus Lawrence uh, in Dallas. So that, you know, sometimes you see guys like that can step into more of a, you know, stud kind of role when you have a a good complementary defensive line. Uh, So it could work out for them. But you're right. It is a lot of risk. And they've taken a lot of risk in a lot of their moves, which is why I'm very skeptical about their free agency so far. Their big contracts, Robert Quinn, Jimmy Graham, who we were just saying in Green Bay, uh, was just not the same guy. He hasn't been the same guy since he left the Saints, really. Um, The Seahawks misused him. He did have that one season where he had 10 or 12 touchdown grabs and a very short amount of time, but between his health and just natural decline, he's not the same player he used to be. And honestly, the biggest risk of them all, Nick Foles. Where, where did that come from, bro? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not big on Nick Foles. You know, again, I've mentioned it in the past to me, he's like Jeff Hostetler, you know, I just, <clears throat> it, it, I definitely I don't understand it, but then again, I don't. I never would have made that trade they did a couple of years ago in the draft to move up to get Trubisky. So I don't know what they're doing when it comes to quarterback. But well, that that pick, that trade trading trading up to move up one spot from three to two with the San Francisco 49ers to get Trubisky, that was just yeah. I mean, San Francisco worked themselves a hell of a deal on that because I didn't see anybody trading up to go get him. And just think about, in hindsight, Chicago's got to be killing themselves. They traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky. They passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Somebody should have fired. (laughs) Right. And now, basically, they traded a pick for Nick Foles 
when you could have got Cam Newton for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cam Newton could have come for free. He probably could have come cheaper than Nick Foles just because of his injury history and the fact that he essentially missed a whole year of football last year. Um, yeah, the fourth round pick to Jacksonville isn't that big a deal. It's number 140, I want to say, overall. So not not a huge deal. But you're absorbing Foles' contract. Um, I know that they're looking to do a little bit of a restructure. Uh, I don't know that the numbers are out on that unless Foles has taken a significant pay cut and, you know, becoming more of that backup kind of guy, our veteran competition for Trubisky to try and wake him up. Uh, there's no way that that's a deal that I can get behind. Um other than that, Chicago made three other moves with re-signing uh, Deion Bush and Danny Trevathan to uh, solidify uh, that their spots in the defense and signing a one-year deal with Artie Burns at corner. Uh, that pretty much rounds it out for them. You know, they're still stacked on defense. Um, their biggest, their biggest needs, uh, offensive line. Uh, they definitely need to protect whoever is going to play quarterback. Um, whether it is Trubisky, Foles, or, you know, if Newton can somehow make a – if they can restructure and make his money work, you know, maybe that's an option. I don't know. Uh, draft pick, no matter who's playing, they need to protect him up front. They need to rework that offensive line. Um, I, I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if you don't see at least two picks on the offensive line. Um, could use some help in the defensive backfield, and they they need a big marquee receiver. Um, Allen Robinson does pretty well, uh, but the guys around him, you know, eh. Anthony Miller has had a decent start to his career, not the standout that people thought he was going to be out of the draft. No, they got a lot. They got a lot of holes. I don't. A lot of holes. A really lot of work. Too much. But that defense might carry them somewhere. You never know. I mean, anytime you've got a star-studded defense headed by Khalil Mack, I'm not going to rule you out. But they they definitely need to do some work in the draft. Not happy with them so far. Sorry to cut you off there, bro. No, no, that just, you know, brings me to the fact that I went out of order and we talked about Chicago before we talked about Minnesota who finished second last year. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, Minnesota, how are you feeling there? Stefan Diggs is gone. Gone. I mean, don't get me wrong. They got a lot of picks back for him. You know, I mean, look at, I mean, they, they, they came out and made the Houston Texans look even more foolish for that Devontae, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade. Uh, but yet, Stefan Diggs is gone. You bring back a first, a fourth, um, and fifth, fifth, and and a, and sixth, a sixth. I believe. Thank, thank you for carrying through me through me on that one, bro. Um, but yeah, that that's huge. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I know, had some issues, and there were there was a lot of stuff where he would um, be, you know, complaining about his, what he's getting for targets, and he wants out, and all this stuff. So. Maybe they're happy to be rid of that headache, but, you know, that talent is just huge, and there's a big void there at wide receiver now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it really – it sucks to lose that kind of talent. Um, 
But on the other side of that, if he wasn't happy, not that Kirk Cousins is, you know, amazing, but he's a solid quarterback. If he wasn't happy with Kirk Cousins throwing to him, is he really going to be happy with Josh Allen throwing to him? Maybe. Josh Allen's got a big arm, and he's – He's got a big arm, but he's, he's inaccurate. <laughs> inaccurate, yes. I think Diggs has the talent and the athleticism to be able to make some circus catches and, you know, make Allen look better. And he's a burner in the way that Allen does not have – or, well, you know, like he hasn't had uh, throughout his whole career here, um, his young career. But they're – I think that he'll he'll be okay there because he's unquestionably the man. He's going to be the number one target. He's going to receive the most volume, and that's what he wants. So I, I guess that that's good for Stefan Diggs. Um, and Buffalo is a, a team that I think has got a very good shot to be in the playoffs, uh, much less competitive of a division than the NFC North. So, I mean, maybe the change of scenery works out great for him. Um, as far as – Minnesota's actual signings, I mean, not a ton here. When you're headlined by your kicker and your fullback, you know, definitely not a huge uh, free agency. Uh, Michael Pierce was a move that I did like. Um, Three-year deal, $28 million. So, but not, not a ton. Not a ton. No, you put the franchise tag on Anthony Harris. Yeah. Um, put a tender on Eric Wilson linebacker second round tender so you're bringing some of your guys back good for continuity uh I like Mike Zimmer as a coach I think he's a good coach good defensive mind yeah absolutely and I like Gary Kubiak being there as an offensive mind uh you know Gary, Gary Kubiak has the uh that Mike Shanahan Kyle Shanahan offense that has just been dominant in this league and I think that, you know, using him as long as they can retool um, along the wide receiver position, you know, they're very set at running back, you know, maybe some injury uh, assurance and backup for Dalvin Cook might be a good idea, but they're a good run first team. Kirk Cousins is a solid quarterback. Like you said, not spectacular, but solid for sure. Uh, they're going to be okay. Uh, they do need to retool at uh, their defensive secondary, uh, particularly corner. Um, and they do need to replace uh, some edge rusher production from Everson Griffin. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Minnesota is going to be a solid team no matter what. They're going to push for the lead in that division, um, you know, and with the age of Aaron Rodgers and what's going on in Green Bay, it's very possible that they can push for the win you know, to, to, you know, run away. With oh yeah. I personally like them to win that division. That's even before the draft. I just, I think they've got a solid team, solid overall team. They're going to retool in the draft. Um, you know, cornerback wide receiver. You think they're leaning towards one or the other or best player available at those two positions in their first round pick. Both positions are really deep in this draft. Um, there's, with where Minnesota is going to pick, um, they're you know they're probably going to miss out on the top talents at corner. Um, Henderson and Akuda obviously are going to be gone. So I mean, second round, like just looking at the draft class in general, second round is probably a better spot for them to look at a corner. Uh, they can take the wide receiver first and get the guy that they really like. But, you know, it really all depends on what's on the board here. You know, best best player available for sure. 
All right. All right. Which takes us to the Detroit Lions. Detroit. Oh, it, it is. I actually, you know, I actually know somebody that likes the Lions. I know a Lions fan. Really? You don't see that That's all that true. often, you know, in our corner of the country. Um, but Man, you know, definitely it, not in the Northeast. <laughs> it it take and it takes some serious dedication. But you know, it's it's a rough spot here on the Lions. I mean, do you think that Matt Stafford is done? I don't. I don't think he's done. Okay, you, I, he's a good quarterback. I think he needs to stay. If he stays healthy, if the man can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. He can he he can be successful. He's just you know he, he keeps getting injured. What was it? Was it his back last year? I mean, yeah. if if the man could every time, pretty much. I think the last two seasons, you know, he's been playing good football. Then he's gotten hurt, and the Lions have fell off. I mean, nobody were, nobody was talking about the Lions last year tanking. They wound up getting a third pick in the draft. Yeah. Why? Because Matt Stafford got hurt. That's true. And I mean, you know, most of the time when you lose your free or your franchise quarterback, you are going to end up in the top five um, for if you lose him for any significant period of time. But, you know, just D- Detroit is too early to give up on him. I think it's too early to give up on him. If you're Detroit, you got to give him this season. OK, I-, I can respect that. You know, I've always liked Matt Stafford. He's always, you know, he's been that guy who throws for 5000 yards. Uh, he probably leads the league in 5,000 yard uh, seasons, especially from all those years he had Calvin Johnson. But uh, it's just Detroit has just been a dumpster fire. And I, as much as I have pulled for Detroit to win that division in recent years, it's just, it always seems like they can get there and they look great and then they just fall apart right at the end. Um, I, you know, I hope that that's not the case. The NFC North is a division that I like to see be neck and neck just because of all the historic teams in that division. It just feels like um, almost the birthplace of football just because of how storied the Packers and the Bears are and the Lions and the Vikings. You know, it's just it's it's a division that I find fun. I find them entertaining and I want them to all be neck and neck right up until the end. I love when week 17 decides a game, you know, or decides the division. Um, and so, you know, for Detroit to get good, it, it, it's going to take a lot. You know, the, the trenches are weak. Uh, you know, Stafford is that question mark, like you said. Uh, the, the, the defensive backfield needs some work. They just lost Darius Slay while well, they traded him away. So they at least got some picks back for him. Uh, they signed Atlanta's Desmond Trufant. Um, you know, it's a deal that, you know, I'm – glad for him to go to the to the lions and i'm you know i'm sure lions fans are happy that they got him and have some sort of veteran leadership coming into this year at the corner position uh i was definitely sad to see desmond trufant go from my team uh you know and tell us how you really feel Sam. <laughs> i was really mad about it i was really mad about it i didn't think that that was the right move for my team you know, I'm sure we'll cover this in a lot more depth when we get to the NFC South and I get to really get on my soapbox about my team. Uh, but, you know, I, he's got great veteran leadership there. You know, it's just it did not make the right. It was not the right move for Atlanta to cut him and leave themselves completely exposed in the corner position. But anyway, talking about Detroit, good for them. He does give that, you know, elder statesman um with Slay out the door, they're going to need some help there. Uh, I think that 
Jeff Akuda to them at three would be phenomenal. Fill that cornerback role and then work on the trenches throughout this throughout the rest of that draft because they need it. Yeah, I'm. You know, my question is, do you think Patricia's the guy? I don't know. I don't necessarily think so. You know, with the news that came out this past week about uh, Darius Slay and their interactions, just you know, what else does all the other players think? You know, think about that guy in the locker room. Yeah. Um, and so I think this is a make or break year for him. You know, if they're either going to play well and uh, he gets another chance or they're not going to play well and Patricia's done. Yeah. Patricia's on an early hot seat. I, I think that uh, he's probably got one of the hottest seats uh, out of the coaching staff in the NFL. Um, you know, he, the Bill Belichick tree has not really worked very well especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Bill Belichick is the guy calling most of the defense, you know, I mean, it's just, so you see when these guys leave, they just don't do very well. I don't know if he keeps them in the dark or what, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything from Matt Patricia yet to tell me that he's going to have a successful coaching career. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, no. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was uh, possible to be that much worse than the Jim Caldwell Lions, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think with the addition of Deron Harmon and Danny Shelton, you know, he signed those guys away from the Patriots. I really don't think it's going to make that big a difference. Um, yeah, I, I don't see too much. You know, I, I just don't see the Lions. You know, doing too much. Danny Shelton, I mean, it, it was a, it, not a bad deal, two-year, $8 million. Uh, He was a uh, number five, I want to say, five overall pick uh, in the 2015 draft. I'm testing my knowledge here just off, off the rip. Um, so he, he's definitely disappointed, but he is a good run stuffer. Um, we talked about Desmond Trufant, two-year, $21 million. Uh, Their biggest signing was uh, – I'm not even going to try and uh, say his first name, but Vitae, the offensive tackle, five years, $50 million. Hopefully that he's going to anchor down a position there, uh, at, hopefully on the left side. Uh, you know, they, they definitely need help uh, on both sides in the trenches still, even with uh, everything that they've done here. You know, that's why I, I see in a lot of mocks, they could have Derek Brown at three. They could have um, Simmons at three from Clemson. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of places that they can go with that pick and it's where the draft starts to get interesting, but unless they really knock it out of the park here, I, I don't see them getting out of the basement of the, uh, NFC North here. Nope. We agree. All right. So, and with that being said, I think that, uh, that would be a wrap on the NFC North. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you want to take your first stab at projections for where these guys are going to end up? Who's going to? I do. I believe. I believe. Um, I think Minnesota's taking this division. <clears throat> okay. And then you got to go with. I'm going with Chicago. I think that defense is really good, and. I think uh, the Packers didn't do enough to fortify that team. 
Okay. Around Aaron Rodgers. And so I'm going with Chicago, then Green Bay, then Detroit. Okay. Okay. I'm going to differ from you a little bit here. I think Green Bay is going to win the division. I think that they're, if they get their, if they get their wide receiver uh, based off of what they did last year, yeah, losing Balaga is not good for them at right tackle. They'll lose some continuity there. But like I, like I said earlier, they're, re- they're replacing him with another veteran starter. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Green Bay finishing the division, number one. Uh, again, trying to make a push in the playoffs. They're all in on Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have that long left. Um, you know, I mean, not that he's really declined or anything yet, but they're going to make a push for him to get Super Bowl ring number two. Uh, I put them number one, Minnesota two, Chicago three, Detroit four. So basically I wanted to do the exact same thing that they did last season, but hopefully, hopefully, depending upon who Chicago signs at quarterback, uh, they make it a much more competitive decision or uh, division. Yeah. All right. Well, Actually, uh, I think we have one more thing to one more thing to go over here with the uh, news of Cam Newton getting cut today. Yes, um, that is a big story. What do you think, Sam? Where do you think he's going to wind up? You know, I was looking at it earlier, and I don't think he has too many options to start in this league anymore. He really doesn't. Not this year. Cam Newton is one of the hardest projections that you can really look at there's just not anything out there for him to start uh he if we weren't going to include draft uh the draft and you know the the possibility of rookie quarterbacks um his best avenue to start would definitely be in uh LA with the Chargers um they they've probably got the most notable void them and the Patriots um as far as today's teams that we were talking about, the Lions and the Bears really could benefit from Cam Newton. I just don't think either one of them have the cap space to make it work. Um, like I was talking about the Bears, it really depends on what happens with the Foles restructure. But I don't see the Bears signing Foles and Newton in the same offseason with Trubisky there. It's just too much going on. It would just be a PR nightmare for them and just mess up, you know, any kind of continuity and flow that the team has, um, you know, whatever they have at the quarterback position. Uh, so I, I don't see it there. Uh, Detroit, I kind of agree with you that Stafford could probably take a run there um, and should be given an opportunity to regain his former status. So I, I don't think either one of those two teams are light, likely. The Chargers would probably be my bet if I wasn't so – um, hell-bent on them taking a rookie, most likely Justin Herbert, to start. I I don't know where we could really have Cam Newton start. Um, so I think that um, the only team that he could start for right now would be San Diego. It's the only logical team that he would start for. Um Everybody else has starters or young guys that they're going, you know, that they're, they want to move forward with. Um, So that leaves us to what teams could Cam Newton possibly become a backup with the opportunity to move into a starting role once the starter doesn't play well. Okay. 
That's a good one because I, mean, I think that that's probably the more likely option of the two, uh, you know, or of the two possibilities here. He's probably going to have to take a spot where he is going to be contested or, you know, going into it as the per se backup behind somebody, you know, that is set up there. Um, a good look for that and where I'm going to put my Sam Stradamus name on the line would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I, I think that you and I were talking about this a little earlier, uh, you know, before we got on the air, but Jacksonville could be a spot now that they've freed up that Nick Foles contract. Uh, you could bring him in there to compete with Gardner Minshew. Uh, Gardner Minshew is still a guy that I want to put my faith behind, but at the end of the day, he's a sixth round pick. You know, he, he, he had a, Decent season. Was his season really better than Kyle Allen's, who the Panthers moved on from now? Um, I don't think it was that much better. So Cam Newton could go there. He could beat out Minshew. He could be the guy. But I I don't see them offering him a contract and saying, by the way, you're guaranteed to start here. I I don't see that anywhere other than uh, L.A. or possibly New England even though both of us think that they're going to look at a rookie. Yeah, it's which is pretty crazy, you know, to think about that, you know, Cam Newton, NFL MVP not too long ago and he in doesn't have a landing spot not that long yeah. ago. No landing yeah. spot. Um what yeah. do you think well, about this? If I were I I if personally I were a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I might be wanting to, you know, take a flyer on cam newton i'm not sold on mason rudolph he had his chance last year he did nothing they put a third string in when roethlisberger went down roethlisberger's 38 years old he gets injured all the time all so, the time yeah i mean yeah. you know what are the odds of him playing a 16 game season what are the I'm, odds of cam newton playing a 16 game season though that's the there only you go that's a perfect that. spot there's a perfect <laughs> spot for you then you can marry them two together you know and uh they got a good team they can compete <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. It's a possibility. Um, It it makes some sense. I I see where you're coming from there. Would Pittsburgh be willing to have that kind of quarterback controversy in the offseason? Would Ben Roethlisberger feel too threatened and, you know, kind of go in there and swing around his tenure and his name and say, you know, you need to hold off on this or whatever? I mean, it makes a little more sense if it was, you know, a year from now or if Roethlisberger got hurt again and said, you know, I think this this is it for me. But all reports say that he has every intention to play and to start in Pittsburgh again. And I just think with the two egos between the two of them, that it would probably hinder something getting done. Um, if this was Madden, I would say that that's a great <laughs> No, I agree. (laughs) He has, but you know what? You you have some good points here because he makes a good. There, there. It it would make for a good setup there. They can set up a you know kind of run pass option type team between him and James Conner, or if they are going to take a new running back in the draft, which is you know something that people have speculated on. James Conner didn't quite have the season he had last year or two years ago now. Um, but you know, it could work. It could definitely work. You know, I I could see Cam Newton throwing balls to Juju Smith Schuster. I just don't know if the egos are going to allow for it. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't see. Uh, I just don't see the the front office signing signing him. I just don't see it. Um, you know, obviously, I think more logical destination would be like you said, Jacksonville or or the Chargers. All right, and that's a wrap. Make sure to look out for our next episode when we review the AFC North and all the moves they made.